Hey, this is Kale Owen, CEO of Gym Launch and Prestige Labs, where we help build million-dollar gyms and provide the world with premier supplement products. If you want to leverage your message to gain a deeper influence and build a lasting legacy, you should be listening to Stories That Sell with my friend, Scott Ramage. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. What's up, everyone? This is Scott, your host for Stories That Sell. Today, I am chatting with Kale Owens. Kale is a former professional baseball player turned entrepreneur with Gym Launch. Uh, he built his own successful gym and sold it in 2019, and he jumped headfirst into the business coaching space with Gym Launch and now gets to work with an incredible group of people helping gym owners make ungodly amounts of money. Kale is married to his best friend, Maggie, who also works at Gym Launch, and he and her have two beautiful yet insane kids, Rose and Jackson. They reside in the oldest city in the U.S. and enjoy the slower beach lifestyle that comes with it. Can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Welcome to the show, Kale. Super awesome to have you. Scott, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Well, you should be. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm excited that you're here, but uh, we were just talking offline and I wanted to make sure everybody knew because I think it's so huge. You just got named publicly the CEO for Gym Launch and Prestige Labs, which is uh, a big deal, big coattails to follow. I think that's what you would say. Yeah, I got some big shoes to fill without a doubt. Um, very humbled, um, honored. It's all about the team, though. Our team, we have, we're, I'm surrounded by some amazing people. So I'm excited to lead them, to work with them closely, and uh, serve gym owners more. I know a few of the people um, in the gym lunch arena. Uh, they're phenomenal people, like literally top notch. So it's, it's really cool to watch a company, like literally watch a company just absolutely explode. And, and the story behind it is really cool. Um, it is. Obviously, I'd tell everybody to go read the books. Uh, they're, yep. They're really good. So anyway, uh, we're here to hear your story, which I'm pumped about, you know, because uh, in your bio, you know, you're past professional baseball player, you've done all sorts of things. You've owned a business and sold a business uh, like many of us who listen have or are doing. So uh, yeah, let's get started, brother. Oh, dude, where to start? Um, I think it, I think it helps to kind of get some context with most stories to start kind of a little bit from the beginning to get an idea of where people come from. Is that cool with you if I start there? I love it that way. Okay, cool, man. So I have a slightly different upbringing than most people, I would say. Um, I was homeschooled my entire life. So my first class I ever went to was freshman year in college. And um, growing up, I, my family moved around a lot. So you kind of put those two things together. It kind of shaped the person that I am today because my dad wasn't in the military. That's the first question that most people have. He was actually in the finance industry and he would go around and he would create and build and set up teams and then they would move them to another spot. And we would, we were moving every three years. So we joked around growing up that like by the three year time, we'd get this itch and we're like, why are we still here? We should be moving. And then all of a sudden we would move. And it was phenomenal for me as a young kid, having those two things that were happening where I'm at home learning, where I'm not hanging out with a whole bunch of other people. But then I played sports from a very young age and I played baseball primarily. And so I'm getting this interaction that's happening and I'm having to build friendships and I'm having to figure out where I fit in culturally, socially, everything else. Right. Because I'm kind of that weird kid, right. Everywhere I'd move, I'm that weird kid. Everyone's like, so cool. You're new to school and everything. I'm like, I actually don't go to school. I'm homeschooled. And they're like, Oh, you're a okay. weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And like, you're just the weird kid. And they're like, Oh, that must be hard. Are you like, is it really hard to socialize with people? And I'm like, no, it's really not that hard. Um, and so I had to learn quickly as a young kid to fit in and also quickly realize, and it's a skill set that I think I still have today, which is really cool is being able to look at different people and look at the scenario that I'm in, read the room, 
and understand where people are from a hierarchy standpoint and be able to understand where respect falls into how to kind of understand the rules and understand the game just by looking at the situation that I'm in and then quickly learning how to be successful based on what I'm seeing in front of me and based on the actions that other people have, which has kind of helped serve me really well um, in life. But it took a while before that actually became imprinted in my brain to where I realized that that has actually helped, like helped me throughout the process. Um, so growing up, like played baseball. I was obsessed with baseball. It's all I wanted to do. I think like most kids when they got into sports. And so I spent one of the learning lessons for me is from the age of eight to 23. Um, I, for almost every single day of my life, I did something with baseball. Wow. And so I had routines. Um, I was hitting for those of you familiar with baseball and practicing like hit balls off a tee, batting practice, fielding practice, throwing practice, you name it. By the time I was 12, I was playing roughly 100 to 120 games a year, like most travel ball kids do, um, which is we could talk for hours about how you shouldn't be doing that. But I was doing that. And then I ended up getting a chance to play in college at a small division two school um, here in St. Augustine, Florida. And then from there, signed as a free agent in the Phillies organization. But that was my life. Like that was my dream. I didn't care about anything else. The only reason I went to college was to play baseball. I got good grades, but the only reason I went was to play baseball. And so I learned a lot of things. I learned work ethic. Um, I learned that there are no days off and that if you truly want to be the best, you have to put in the work. Um, and I learned that because I was always the smallest kid, right? I was always the smallest kid. I was the kid that kind of had his back against the wall when it comes to sports because I was the smallest kid and I was homeschooled. I was the weird kid, right? And so you have to figure out how to fit in culturally and socially with your team. And then you have to figure out, cool, I'm the smallest kid, so I have to outwork everyone else. I wasn't genetically gifted above anyone else. In fact, I would say that I, I probably didn't have anywhere near the skill sets that most athletes had at the time. So I had to work hours and countless days to be able to do that. And that helped me a ton moving forward in what I do today in the mindset. So did that, went to college, had a blast, um, played baseball, and then had a chance to sign as a free agent with the Phillies. And I always say this, I got a cup of coffee in professional baseball because I signed as a free agent. I played for like half a season and I'll be straight up. You can look me up. My stats were horrible. So I was terrible. <laughs> but I was, it was cool. I was part of a winning team because at the, in the team that I was with in the Gulf Coast League, we actually won a championship. And so we got a ring. That was a cool experience. I come back the next spring training. I got invited back, which I don't know why they invited me back. I was terrible in the fall, but they invited me back. And um, in spring training in the Phillies organization, during that time I was there, they had three major cuts during spring training. And so you knew cut days were coming and they had three cuts. And what they do is they set a guy outside of the clubhouse. And as you walk up in the morning, he's there and he'll be like point at you and he'll pull you into the office and you get cut. Everybody knows how that works. And so when those cut days happen, everyone's walking by him with like blinders on. Right. And they're like, don't look at me. Like, don't say anything and praying that it doesn't happen. And I got by the first two mm. and I was playing outside of my mind for that spring training. And, um, by the last one, which is the day before they send everyone else out to their teams that they play for the season, they start the seasons. The last day I'm walking up and he's like, come on, let's go. It's your turn. And I was like, Oh man. But I'll tell you what it was. Um, at that point I had a job lined up already. I got um, cut on a Friday and I started full-time on another company um, that I was working job on Monday. And so the transition was great. I was very happy with um, how I left baseball, but for a long time, like that was my life. Right. And that's what I did. So that's kind of the beginning stages of who I am. That kind of drove kind of my dedication and my, what I, my work ethic today and how I view work and how I view things like loyalty and kind of integrity and working through things and working with teams. Um, so that's played a massive part in who I am today. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting story. The, the, uh, homeschool perspective is really interesting. What you learn and how you learn to adapt and work within different, uh, environments. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, homeschooling is becoming more and more no the norm as things get weirder and weirder. People are just taking control of their kids' education, which I yeah. totally understand. And, you know, it is really switching from that, that weird thing to pretty normal, uh, and there's a lot of opportunities to socially integrate. So it, it's kind of cool to hear a story like yours where you really attribute that to a lot, a very strong skill set that you have. Did you have a have problems with, um, you know, kind of transitioning from baseball into another world where this was your identity? Did you, did you have a, like this thing? Like, well, I'm not a baseball player now. What now? <laughs> I, 
So I'm, I'm fairly, I like to believe that I'm fairly self-aware. Mm. Uh, and so I try not to go into it with an ego. And sometimes there's a bad piece of that where there's a self-confidence issue, right? Where we, yep. I think we all have um, issues there sometimes. And I just remember when I walked in and I signed with, with the Phillies and I looked around the clubhouse and I go out and we start practicing. And I see these kids. There's this kid that's 17 years old that has more ability in one arm than I have in my entire body. Right. And I'm 23 years old and I know the game. Like I know I'm old in that realm. Right. And so I had come to already acknowledge in my head and knew that cool baseball will most likely based on what's looking, what the, what the trend is right now, baseball is not going to be my thing. And so I was like, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to try to finish as best as I possibly can. And I know that it won't, it, I probably won't reach that ultimate goal that I wanted to be, which is a major league baseball player. And that's okay with me as long as I finish the way that I want to. And I go out in a way that I can look myself in the mirror and be proud of how I've left. And that ended up happening. And so the transition for me was a lot easier than what I would say for most people. That's a great question because I talked to a lot of ex um, pro guys and it's really hard because it is their identity. It's who they know them for. It's what they talk about all the time. And for me, I actually, I stopped. I didn't go to any pro baseball games for a long time. I just dove into kind of my next phase of life. Now that, that level of self-awareness in their twenties is quite astounding. Quite frankly, I think a lot of men struggle with that in their thirties, forties. Yeah. 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 yeah, I got to give that a thanks to my parents on that one. They yeah. did a phenomenal job, like keeping me grounded from a young age. And yeah, they, they had a massive impact on that. And my coaches, like the coaches that mentored me, I had the opportunity to be around some phenomenal coaches mm-hmm. um, that are well-known in the baseball space. And they were able to like, just let me know the facts and they never sugarcoated anything. Um, and they were just like, here's how it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, that's a really good point is having the right people guide you is, is a, really important thing. And I think as parents, now that you're a parent, it's really important to uh, keep that in mind and put the right people in front of your kids. Um, so how do you go from, you know, playing some pro ball and then straight into a job? And, and now just recently, like I said earlier, you know, you're the CEO of a, of a ridiculously awesome, very, uh, very successful business. Oh, that's a long story in and of itself. Too. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. Um, and you can ask more questions if you sure. want. I went from kind of a weird jump between things. Um, I knew that I loved um, being the small kid that I was growing up. I became obsessed when I was playing with strength and conditioning. And so I got obsessed with how can I push my own performance um, and get the most out of myself, knowing that I already, like everyone else had a leg up on me with genetic ability. And so I mean, I'm short. I'm like five, nine. When I played professional baseball, when, when we won, I weighed out at 150 pounds. I was five, nine, 150 pounds. So I was a kid. I like looked like a kid and, um, I was obsessed with that. And so I knew kind of like, if I had the opportunity to work in health and fitness and own a gym or train people, I wanted to do that. I had a knack for being able to coach people. Um, I don't know where that came from, but the ability to get people to kind of change their behaviors and change the way they did things. And I enjoyed it. And I thought that I could potentially be able to help more people doing that. So when I got my job, what I was working with was actually behavioral change um, education post uh, baseball. And so I was in that. But in the meantime, while I was doing that, I was working with a buddy of mine um, to build a gym and start a gym in Tampa. It was in the Florida area and Tampa area. And so um, kind of got that rolling and got started with that and learned a ton of things with that, made a lot of mistakes, um, didn't have gym launch at the time, <laughs> didn't have any education around it pretty much dove in. We were the type of people that were like, cool, let's just get it started. If we build it, they will come. We all know that that's not true. Um, so we, we ate uh, a lot of crap consistently uh, for a long time. Didn't make a lot of money and didn't change as many people's lives as we wanted to, but learned a lot. And then um, from there, ended up having the opportunity to move to St. Augustine, Florida, where I'm at now and started a gym here. So that was the second location got a chance to start it. And from there, we started that back in 20, it was 2015 that we started that, my wife and I, with a couple of partners. And we were going and we were about two years in. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Right. Hmm. Like, this is, we don't have enough members. We're not making enough money. This is just not going to work. I had dabbled in stuff online, you know, that whole thing. We talked to entrepreneurs all the time about the chasing a squirrel, shiny object syndrome. That was me to a T. I was like, ah. Once I hit the first roadblock, I'm like, cool, maybe that's not it. Maybe I'll go this way. And then I ran across this guy, Alex Ramosi, right? It's 2017. And I was like, I need to figure this out. And 
to kind of take a step back even more so of just kind of the realism of this is I was owning a gym. My wife was a bartender and pregnant at the time with our, our second child. Right. And we had a two-year-old at home and we were living in a 700 square foot studio. And my daughter, when she was born, almost died on like when she came, she wasn't breathing. Like I remember like she almost died and like, it was the worst, most traumatic event of my life. And their first year of her life, she woke up every three hours screaming. Mm. And so like, we're in this studio apartment, the most amount of stress, my gym isn't making money. My wife has to work as a bartender to put food on the table. And all of those things that come in, you know, as a man, as a leader and all these things, it's like, man, I'm failing. Right. And I remember in 2017, um, I just looked at my wife and I was like, we're eight weeks from shutting our doors. I was like, we just don't have the money, but I've got a three-year lease. My name's on it. And I went and got a job with a marketing agency locally just to put food on the table because they would give me a base salary. And at that time, I think it was like 40K base salary. And I was like, I'm the richest man in the world. I've got enough to cover my family. Like we're good. Like anything on top of that is gravy. And I ended up hearing about Alex Ramosi and thinking like, well, maybe there's a chance to actually make this work. Right. And so about a couple of days after about a week after I joined this marketing agency, I saw the ad for it. I joined gym launch and I started implementing those pieces while also working at the same time. So I had a nine to five and we're implementing everything in that gym during that time frame, And it was really cool. From there, we basically just implemented step-by-step the pieces within the process of gym launch. And within eight months, we went from 33 members and about to shut our doors to over 250 members and built an entire team to where my wife quit her job two months in to gym launch and we got completely out of the business. And so by the time my son was born, our second child in January, so we signed up in April, by the time January rolled around, we didn't need to be in the gym at all. And so. Hey, before we get started, Imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. I think that's a really, really cool point you just made because a lot of people are like, how do you, you, you know, if you grow that fast, everything goes crazy. But it sounds to me like you probably, instead of trying to do everything yourself, you put people who may have been a little better at certain aspects and just took it over. Why? How did you have the foresight to do that? Because most people, especially if they've started a, a gym or their own business, they'll just dig in and try and do everything themselves. Yeah, dude, that's a great point. So self-awareness in college, I remember this lesson stuck with me in college. My, uh, I think it was my junior year in college. I, you have your semesters, right? And as a baseball player, you try not to schedule a ton of classes during the season because you know you're going to be gone. But I was behind so I had to add extra classes. And so I think it was my junior year or senior year, I think it junior. And I had to double up on my classes. So I was taking, I think six or seven classes when typically you're taking four or five during the season. And I took six, I think it was six during that season. And what I realized at the end, I looked back and this was a learning lesson for me was I had full season, which you're going to practice by one or two o'clock. And like also the, the absence, excuse absence rule at my college was horrible. So like, mm-hmm. If you missed a couple, like I could not skip a class unless I was traveling for baseball. At the end of that semester, I had the best grades the entire time I was in college. And I realized that I need, I personally, for me, I have to stay busy and I have to be able to do that. And if I don't have lots of things happening that I'm focused on and I'm able to segment this, I will be, I will go stir crazy and I'll start getting distracted and I'll start doing a whole bunch of things. So for me, I have to be able to stay busy in order to then it helps me perform at a higher level knowing that I have to segment my time specifically, manage it, manage my attention, and that will help me grow. So leading to this point of hiring more people, I refused. And this goes against what Alex told me. This goes against what everyone else told me. They were like, you need to quit your job to help grow the gym. My ultimate goal was actually to sell the gym. I didn't want to keep the gym. 
I wanted to sell it to be success. I wanted to grow it to be successful and then sell it. And I knew I couldn't sell it if I was the face of it. Right. And so I had to build an actual true business. And so I knew I would not be able to do that if I quit my job, because I would go in, I would be the person that had to save the day. And I would be the person that everyone would see. And then the person, if I tried to sell it, I'm the face of it. I'm the asset. And then it's not valuable. And so I told Maggie, my wife, I was like, we're not going to do this. I'm going to do this while I have the job. I'm not going to quit the job. It's going to force us to grow and scale in a way that most people don't. And so it made me manage my time and attention better than I think most people. Cause I, I mean, I'm working nine to five in the mornings. I would sometimes coach classes or I'd be training the team. And then I'd come back at night in the early days and sell, or I'd come back and work with the team on sales and other events. And so I'm working double, I'm working 80 hours a week for probably two years doing that. And, but it allowed us to be able to learn quickly about hiring the right people, getting the right people on board, managing processes, um, and I'm thankful to my wife because like she's the operator. She's the VP of operations for uh, Gym Launch and Prestige Labs, and she's the operator. So like I got to do marketing, advertising, sales, and coach the team and teach them how to be able to change people's lives while she was able to handle all the operations. But really, that was a lesson for me is like, I can't, I have to do this with other people. And I put myself in a position back against the wall that made me do it. Yeah, it's really interesting that you went ahead and knew yourself well enough that you stayed with your your quote you know quote unquote day job, which was actually the the quotient for success here because you had to lean on other people, you had to bring other people. For even for people who aren't planning on selling their business, there's there's pure genius in having a really amazing team that Absolutely. frees you up to really focus on the things that you're good at. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, and the kind of the advice I would give to people on that is. Any business, it doesn't matter, but gym owners specifically, when when I look at it, when I look at businesses most of the time, and this is a great lesson that I learned from a broker when I was going through the process of selling, he was like, whether you sell or not, you should build a business that you're going to sell. And if you don't sell it, you bought it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So build a business that you can sell. And if you don't sell it, that means you as the owner decided, cool. I'm buying this business and I'm going to keep working it. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a light bulb for me. I was like, cool, I need to build the processes, build the team, build everything that I need. And so for someone that doesn't want to sell, which most gym owners don't, and that's phenomenal because you're changing people's lives. And that's what I love. That's why I love working with gym owners in the fitness space, because they're some of the coolest people in the world. And they're some of the hardest working people in the world. And if you don't want to sell it, at least put the systems in place to give you the freedom and the ability to do to continue to grow and just ultimately impact more people in your community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the beauty of that kind of mindset is the fact that if something ever happens to you, your legacy doesn't go away. If you put those systems and things in place and you get where you can't work or, you know, or you pass away or whatever it is, that system and that process and all the things you put into place will keep this thing going. And your, your legacy, your, your whole goal isn't tied to, your ability to work. Exactly. That's, we talk about that. We call it the alien abduction plan. So I get this one of our coaches, uh, Dave Dunham. So he calls it the alien abduction plan. And it's like, what happens if you get abducted by an alien tomorrow? That's so much better than I I call it the bus test. If you get hit by a bus, I like the alien abduction. I know. I like the alien abduction too, because I used to use the bus test as well. It's like, if you got got hit by a bus tomorrow, what would happen? But the alien abduction is so much cooler, especially considering UFOs apparently are real. So who knows? (laughs) So the, uh, but what's fascinating too, is this, there's a mindset behind this as a business owner is that when you become a true business owner, you realize that it's not you you are beholden to the business and the business comes first above everything else. Because if you are not in a right place as a business owner, if you do not have the right actions in place and you're not leading a life that will help the business and pour into your team, then the business will suffer, which means your clients will suffer and the people that you've hired will no longer have a job. And so it goes beyond just having a garage gym or having a box and it's cool. Let's hang out. Let's throw some weights around. It becomes much more than that where the the whole thing becomes bigger than you, right? No matter how small or big you are or how much money you make at the end of the day, if you are making a profit, you have a business and it is your responsibility to grow that business and impact more people. And so there has to be processes and plans in place. So if something does happen or you want to move or you want to do something that can still continue to happen. And that legacy that you built can continue on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. I think every business owner really needs to stop 
and takes inventory of where they're at and what they need to do to be at that place because it is so much bigger than just grinding it out every day. Even if you love that grind, there's just so much more to it than that. Um, so Jim Launch obviously changed the trajectory of your business, basically saved your business. And I've heard this, um, like, you know, some of the friends that I have that work for you guys, that that is the case and they're eternally thankful. Um, so you get this to this place where your business is booming. You've hired these people, you have systems in order, uh, and you sell in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sold in 2019. <laughs> so when you just retire, you're done. I mean, obviously not. <laughs> I got to go back. There's like a sandwich. Oh, um, I want to hear that. Yeah. So 2017, we started with gym launch, uh, 2019, I sold my gym, but in 2018 I was messaging with Alex. They put up an ad to hire people. Um, salespeople. And um, he throws up an ad on Facebook or post. And I just messaged him and I was like, Hey, joking. I was joking. I was like, yo, send me your deck. Cause I knew they had a sales deck um, knowing Jim launch and everything. I was like, they got a sales deck, send me your deck. I'll just start selling people for you for free. Like you don't have to pay me anything. I'll just start doing it. And there's a lesson in there for people, by the way, well, we can get back to that in just a second, but I was authentically saying, you don't need to pay me. I'll just sell it. Cause I knew how much it changed me. And I was like, cool. And he just said, He's like, are you, are you playing with me right now? And I said, no, I was, he was like, well, if I want people, like I want full-time people. And I was like, huh? Okay. Well, how much does it pay? Cause I'm like, I got a job. And I had, I had set records at sales and where I was at with the agency. And I had had a phenomenal year and I was doing great. The gym was doing great. And he was like, he sent me back what they were making. I was like, yeah, I could definitely do that. And he was like, okay, cool. Let's take the next steps. And good news is like here at gym launch, like we don't hire just gym owners who have both their gym that they're handling and something else. Like you have to be, have your gym in a place where you don't have to be there. So if there's a fire, you don't have to be the, you don't have to go, right. You can still focus on gym launch. And I was in that position. Thanks to Maggie where I didn't have to be there and we had the team and everything. So in 2018, I joined frontline ground floor sales guy, internal sales. So um, joined the team in April, I think it was like April 27th, I think, or April 23rd, 2018, joined. And um, that's kind of how it started with Gym Launch. So I was actually working for Gym Launch before we even sold our gym in 2019. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I Let's move back to that lesson about yeah. writing and saying, hey, I'll do it for you for free. Because I've had people do that for me too. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and you ask, but uh, Alex was really smart because it's that full-time commitment that really does make a huge difference. But let's go back to that. Yeah. So there's a great lesson in, in when you ask people to help them and you're like, cool, I'll do it for free. And I didn't learn this till later, but the lesson is that you're still overvalued. You're still too expensive at free, right? Because there's no context and there's no proof. Right. So Yes, I still ended up getting a job, but me offering to do something for free as a business owner, as a true business owner, I'm not going to accept that, right? So I get I get hit up now, right? As GM previously and now CEO, I get hit up by people all the time asking me, cool, I'll do it for free. I'll help. And it's too overpriced. Like it's, too, it's still too expensive at free because I know what free does, right? There's no systems with free. There's no follow-up. There's no expectations and all that stuff. And so Alex then reset the expectations of like, cool, instead of free, how about this? Let's go ahead and get you fully on board, be a part of the culture, bring you on board, go through the onboarding process, learn with our team and then go. And I think it's a learning expense for anyone that's asking, like you get hit up by people asking to do free trades and all this stuff. It's like one of the worst things I've ever done in my business ever, ever. Anytime we do free trades or freebies or anything like that, it always works out terrible. You know, you're, you're shaking your head. Like you, oh, yeah. you get it. Yeah. Right. How many times does that happen? And we get burned every time. Yeah. And so there's a lesson there um, that I still hold to this day. And it was, it was a great learning lesson. Yeah. There's just so many, and I've, on multiple episodes, we've covered this, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there's just so many bad sides to the free uh-huh. and, and um, you just really need to value what you're getting full time, full on. Absolutely. And even when it sounds like a wonderful deal, uh, there's just, it's really hard to value something you're not paying for. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, and, and there's, it's really hard to value your own time doing something if you're not getting paid for it. So it goes both ways. Yeah. It's a really good lesson. And it shows uh, a little insight into Alex's mind around business from pretty, not, not super early on, but pretty early on. Yeah, And, and that was only four years ago, man. 
four years yeah. ago, you said, I'll, I'll do sales for you. Give me your sales deck. And now, um, you know, just this December, you were, or January, December or January promoted January to December. CEO. Yeah. 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 It's been a crazy, crazy ride. Um, basically, so I guess I can, do you want me to go through kind of the process of how kind of sure. made it through? I think people want to know there, you know, you don't just magically jump into the CEO position of a big no, Definitely. You definitely don't, especially with a, a dynamic individual such as Alex and Layla, because Layla was co-CEO. So they were co-CEOs and which is an interesting setup for any startup and being founders and co-CEOs. It's always interesting, but they work so well together. And so I started as frontline sales, um, did really well there. And then I don't know even how this happened. I, I still, to this day, don't know what they saw something in me, but I don't know what the sales manager at the time saw in me. Um, but he was just like, I wasn't a top salesperson on the team. There were better salespeople than me. Um, but I got approached by the then sales managers like, Hey, I'm going to be moving up into a director role and I need a sales manager. And I think you would be the great fit. I'm like, yeah, I've never led sales teams, like besides my team at the gym. And I, all I know is what I know from Alex. And he's like, I think you, I think you have the qualities that we need, the leadership qualities, all that stuff. And I was like, I'm honored. Yeah, sure. Um, and then, so I took the sales manager role, I think about three to four months in to being a salesperson there. And to be clear, again, I was not a top salesperson. I think I was like medium, like I did well, but like, I wasn't terrible. I wasn't amazing. There were some weeks I'd lead the team, other weeks I wasn't. So I wasn't the top guy all the time and became sales manager. And um, I did that for, and that was 20, I did that for about six or seven months. And so I was sales manager for about six or seven months. And I was, to be frank, a horrible sales manager. <laughs> terrible. Like if you look back, terrible. I was horrible. I didn't do the things that needed to happen in order to help the team. Um, I was it was not great. I learned a lot afterwards. And it's probably, it's the one that I look back and I was like, man, I really screwed that up. Like I did not do a good job. And then from there, we ended up creating a new program where kind of a new offering for people. And we were building out a coaching team. So I went from acquisition side to the um, customer success side is the easiest way to say it. And so I shifted from front end customer acquisition to customer success and helped build a coaching team. Um, in 2019. So I kind of made the switch in February of 2019 during the process for selling our gym. We also moved to Colorado for like four months. There was like all this stuff happening and I made that switch and built out a coaching team of phenomenal individuals and clients of gym launch and all this stuff and started building that. And then we ended up actually built that to like 30 coaches over the course of like two months, built the entire processes around what's driving our coaching program, along with one of our coaching directors at the time and worked closely with the team. And then over the course of time, by January of 2020, when we had our strat meeting, I then got promoted to general manager of gym launch. And the ultimate goal at that time was to replace Alex in a sense, like to get him out of the business fully so that he didn't have to be a part of it. And that was the beginning stages of our process of, of selling and be partnering with our current partners at American Pacific Group. And so that's kind of when the journey started and we were putting the pieces in place then and getting everything rocking and rolling. Yeah. So were you part of that? Um, I don't, I don't partnership with American Pacific group. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. Explain to the listeners kind of a little bit about that. I read the press relief, but release, but. Yeah. So American Pacific group is a fund, uh, private equity fund out of California. Uh, they handle about 450, almost 500, half a billion dollars. Um, as a fund, and they primarily are in the health and wellness space. So they also have supplement companies. Um, they work with a bunch of different stuff. And during our process, um, we got a chance to meet with a ton of potential buyers, like a lot of potential buyers. Oh, yeah. So most of that happened with Alex and Layla, but then when it got past, they wanted to meet the teams because obviously Alex and Layla are a big piece, but they need to meet the teams. And so that would have been Maggie and myself. And um, Maggie and I got to meet a bunch of them. And during the process, we got to get to know American Pacific Group really, really well. And they're phenomenal people. Their team is exceptional. Um, starts from the top, Frazier, uh, the one that started, he's the founder of the fund. Exceptional track record. Um, and their team as a whole is just as a human being standpoint, they're phenomenal human beings. You can tell they truly care. They also are incredibly smart. They understand the process that we have. They did a lot of due diligence. They went through 
through it with us. They met with us multiple times. They even flew out. We were in a, we were in Scottsdale, Arizona, close to the end of this whole process. And they were like, we want to build a better relationship with you and Maggie. So we were like, cool. We're in Scottsdale. And they're like, cool. We'll fly out and meet you. Mm. Flew down. We had an entire day. We talked and had dinner, you name it. We did this a couple of different times and got to know them. And it was a great learning experience. Um, going through the numbers, going through the process and being able to get to know them and understand, you know, what's the vision for the next five years of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well, it says a lot because, you know, a group like that doesn't come in unless things are pretty (laughs) dialed in, you know, not only are they dialed in on the operational side, they're dialed in on the personnel side, and then they're dialed in on the vision and what's coming up side. So yeah, Yeah. I kind of said a lot. Uh, uh, um, Well, that's, that's really cool. Congratulations on that. It's uh, it's a little beyond like the level of business I've really ever in, uh, been involved in, but it's, it's yeah, you too. <laughs> you too, man. Like this was the first time for me too. I remember the first time they were like, cool. So we're going to do this process. Uh, you're going to have a meeting with someone. And we did the initial meetings. I'm like, cool. Well, can you guys prep me for what I need to say? Cause like, I don't, they're like, just tell the truth. I was like, perfect. I can do that. That's the best way to do business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So let's, um, now you're CEO, now you're running the ship. Uh, you know, I'm sure you have Alex and, and Layla on your side, which is obviously a power team. If, if the listener doesn't know, they need to go do their due diligence and figure that one out. Um, definitely grab a few books. There are so many amazing lessons to learn in that, whether you own a gym or not. In fact, I remember when um, his latest book came out, what is it? $100 million offers. offers came out. It was not a gym owner or anybody in the fitness industry. They're like, you have to read this. And I'm like, oh, Alex Hermosi. Okay, well, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 you need to read it. <laughs> I did. And I, was, I read it twice right away. I mean, there's so many lessons. And I think that says a lot for business. The fact you're willing to lay out plans and lay out the the secret sauce to everybody. Like, here you go. I mean, that's really what I got out of that. I was like, wow, this is the marketing secrets. This is it. Yeah. It's, like you don't really need to know anything else. Like right. we give it away in this, like for gym launch, like we give it away in this book. Like it's all there. And like, that's the secret to marketing and running phenomenal programs is like, just give it all away. Yeah. Yeah. I've created a new lead magnet that's going to release soon. And it's for referrals. It's a hundred million dollar referral system program. And I'm just giving it away. It's what we give our clients. I'm just going to give it away because at the end of the day, we know, and most people don't understand this, but most, what happens is like you, if it's free, people don't truly actually value it. They think they do. Yeah. Right. But there's no value there. And so what happens is if you give away something that's that is phenomenal and better than most things and you give it away for free, people are like, wow, if that's your free stuff, how incredible is your actual paid stuff? And so I think that's a really good lesson. I think that right there is an amazing takeaway for any listener. Um, and you know, I think if you want to know more about that, you go go check that those books out. But um, so let's let's pivot a little bit because a man does not a man and his wife, now your wife's partner with you, um, do not get from you know from from zero to you weren't zero, but you know what I'm talking about. From close in, the, in the business to CEO in four years without some personal things um, and, and think in, in check, like practices, routines. Let's talk a little bit about you know what makes Kale tick at a point where he can perform at such a high level. Oh man, where do I start? Um, I can ask more specific questions. But. Let's go ahead. Ask away. Cause there's a, there's a couple things, but there's a lot of it stems. Actually, I'll just say this, the context, when I mentioned it back in baseball, like when I say I worked like for eight straight years, I didn't take a day off. So like I hit a hundred baseballs off the tee and I took a hundred ground balls every day for eight straight years. That means Christmas day, new year's day, every holiday, Easter, you name it. I never took a day off. And so like that mentality that I have, that's kind of like, what I have now. So ask away. Yeah. So knowing that, how do you keep your, your brain clear, your mind, um, in, in check and not get over, you know, overwhelmed, burnt out, uh, and still maintain time for family. Let's talk about the elusive life balance, which doesn't is, is a fallacy. However, let's talk about how you keep harmony in your life with that mindset. Awesome. So a couple things. Um, one, I get really good at saying no. 
really good at saying no. So I uh, prioritize what I truly actually, and this is a partnership. So when I say I, I actually mean we, so my wife and I, so it actually starts at the top. So Maggie and I together, uh, we have a vision of who we want to be, where we want to go as a family, as individuals and with the company. And so we kind of break it up into those. We have our personal side between the two of us, we have our family, and then we have business. And so when we look at it, at the top, we see at the top of this, or I guess you could say the foundational piece of this pyramid is Maggie and I, and we have to be good. If we're not good, nothing else matters. And so we prioritize our time first above all else. So an example of this is uh, we have mandatory date nights mm-hmm. and we've had mandatory date nights even when we had no money because you don't need money to have a mandatory date night. Like you can figure it out. Um, and so we've got, we got creative. Um, and as we began to grow and became more successful, it became even more fun, um, but mandatory date nights once a week. So that's mandatory. Even if so, and I say this, like we prioritize ourselves. I say that even if we have like a, an outing and a dinner with another couple that week, we still have our like actual date. That's nights. an important distinction. Very important. Huge, huge. Because you too, like us, we need to be right. And we put our, our relationship above our kids. And I think this is very different than most people in the world today. Um, And I learned this from my parents. I'm very blessed. My parents, here's an example. My dad, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She taught us at home. My dad would go to work. He was very successful. I still remember this growing up. This is a lesson that I learned. And I shared this with Maggie when we were in the process of like becoming engaged and married and all this stuff. And my dad would come home every day and he was a phenomenal dad. He'd walk through the door and, you know, everyone's like, dad, dad, he's home. He'd give us a hug, give us a kiss. Be like, cool kids. I'll be right back. Every day he'd walk into the room. He'd have 15 minutes with my mom to debrief on the day and get with her and get right together. And then he would come out and play with us. Right. And so like he set the precedent, we knew right away. And I get like chills thinking about it, but like he set the precedent and he lived out that, Hey, your mom is no offense to you kids, but your mom is way more important than you. And and that's the lesson I take. And that's the lesson because I cannot be a good father. I cannot love my kids if my wife and I are not together and not one. Yeah. And so we put that seriously. So that's number one. So when that happens, cool. The next piece is from a business or family side, it's really saying no and prioritizing what's most important. And so we block off on our schedules. We live off our calendars in our schedules. We have blocked off specific times for family. And like, we tell our team, like, we're not responding. This is family time during these times. These are blocked off specifically. Don't bother. We'll get back to you afterwards, or we'll get back to you the next day. And so we hold the line hard and set those guidelines and the expectations with our team. So they understand and outside vendors and things, we understand like when fires happen or something happens, we understand. Yes. There are times when we have to break that, but the majority of the time, 90% of the time we stick to it and we make sure that we're as present as we possibly can with our kids. This is a hard time right now. My kids are six and almost four. And the hardest thing for me is I love work. And making sure that I set time aside, put my phone away and try to be as present as possible whenever I possibly can. Yeah, those are phenomenal. Uh, talk about a lot of those in my, my podcast, Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Yeah. Those, are the, those are the core foundations. And yeah. I think a lot of people mistake always working and never turning down a text or an opportunity as failure when really that's the key to success. It is, man, because... Every interaction, you're training the other person on how they should relate to you and react to you and and communicate with you. And so if you're always available, you're setting the expectation for that person and you're setting yourself up for failure for that time when you don't reply because their expectations were so high all along and you didn't clearly communicate, you know, the expectations of how this relationship will work. And it doesn't matter whether it's friends, business, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's an interesting uh, lesson I actually learned from when I first got into the fitness industry outside of owning my own gym, uh, the guy that was owning the business, he's like, don't respond to our customers immediately. I'm like, what? Like I'm come from customer experience, uh, in corporate. Like what? what?" He's like, he's like, no, like you're training them. Most of their problems and questions will be self assessed or fixed by the time you get back to them. If you just give it 24 hours, 12 hours. And sure enough, it's all about training. Like you're literally training people like, what the expectation is. And then 12 hours later, I'm going to swoop in and, and I'll, you know, be superhero if I have to, 
Uh, but usually they're like, oh, I got to figure it out. And that's the way life works. And I, I love that you really do have to train people that that's really the way you operate in your expectation. Yeah, man. It's really that's, good. That's how it works. I think more business owners need to know that and take it, take it to heart for sure. For sure. Um, daily practice. Is there anything you do like pretty much daily that really kind of sets your brain or your, your psyche or whatever up for success? Yeah. So for a long time, I was the type of guy that grind, wake up at four o'clock and do the whole thing. Uh, lately I've actually prioritized, I'm playing the long game, right? So I've extended the time horizon as, as we like to talk about is extending the time horizon, looking at the long game. What do I need to do to set myself up for success? And for so many years, owning a gym, we know owning a gym, like, dude, you don't get any sleep. Like you're up at four o'clock every day. And for years, that's what I did. And so right now I actually, the thing I do most is I prioritize my sleep. And so, um, I'm usually not up at four o'clock anymore. There are times when I do, but I'm usually up around six, six 30. And what I do is I just make sure that in the beginning, I'm not touching my phone now. Like that's it. As long as I'm not touching my phone, I'm good. Cause as soon as I touch my phone, work starts. Right. So my only thing right now, I try to keep it simple is just don't touch my phone when I get out of bed and start the day, give my kids a hug and a kiss, get them ready for school. We drop them off at school and that's kind of my set. And then once I, we do that, then it's go time. Well, you just, you, what you basically just did is put your values in a ladder and said, uh, every, my wife and my kids are more important than work. So therefore right. that doesn't come until after I've engaged right. in those other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a it takes time. Yeah. It's hard. It, it does take a lot of discipline. It does. And I, I take that back. It doesn't take time. It takes a conscious effort and decision to put those first and act in accordance to your values and what you actually value in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kale, I want you to take an opportunity to talk with those who may think they know what gym launch is, or they tried it before and it didn't work. You know, we all know those, um, oh, yeah. all the okay. things I, I, know, I want to give you the opportunity because you know, this is now your baby, I guess, passed on to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Little toddler. I got a little yeah, toddler now. Yeah, toddler. That's right. <laughs> yeah, sure. So gym launch, I'm going to go back real quick. Gym launch was founded in 2016 originally. I've gone through a lot of iterations and there's lots of gym owners that we've worked with, uh, worked with over 4,500 now in the space. And just like most businesses, right? If you look at Disney, um, if you look at the reviews that Disney has, review has, Disney has some of the lowest reviews of any place in the world. They have the most amount of like one star, but like people still go to Disney, right? And one of the things here at Gym Launch is like, we've helped, we've helped build more million dollar gyms than pretty much every other coaching business combined in those since 2016. And how we've been able to do that is just simple, proven processes. And so here at Gym Launch, we focus on the basics. We focus on the things that will actually drive ROI in your business. And it's interesting, during the due diligence process with APG, APG spent a quarter of a million dollars uh, surveying past customers and current customers. And they ranked us with other coaching programs. And they ranked us on several categories. And the thing that popped out the most, and this was really cool, Again, quarter of a million dollars on a full survey, reaching out to past customers and current customers. And they ranked us with ROI as hands down the highest ROI of any program anyone's ever had. And that was really cool. There are other places like, yeah, we can get much better at creating a better community and much better at doing this. But like at the core root of what we do here at Gym Launch is we create million dollar gyms. And sometimes that's not fun. And it's really hard because we teach gym owners how to fish. And so for the gym owners that hop into our program, thinking that it's an easy button, that I'm just going to click this button and gym launch is going to take it from there. It's not what we do because we believe that if we can teach you the skill sets that you need to be successful, that would carry on much further than you having to be beholden to some agency or some other program. And it's important for us to be able to teach you the skills so that you can be successful on your own. Yeah. And the, the truth is you can hand people a magic button and they still <laughs> ruin the whole thing. You have to put in the work. It's the same. So the analogy is the same for gym owners, right? With your clients, right? You could have the perfect program. You could have the perfect nutrition plan. You could have the perfect accountability in place, but if they do not do the work, right? So I used to tell my clients, they come in, you're working out an hour a day. The other 23 hours I have no control over. And so like, I can have the perfect hour for you planned out and I can have the perfect plan meal plan planned out. But if you don't follow the plan and don't prioritize it and make it actually something that you want to follow, then it doesn't matter. Like it will be for nothing. And so we have those, like that is, 
it's what happens. We have a ton of gyms that are super successful and they, they'll tell you they probably had to work harder than they ever had in their entire life when they joined in, but they realized that they were doing a lot of their tasks and pointing them in the direction of low ROI activities. And we just switch them and change them and point them in the direction of high ROI activities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So other than, I mean, I think everybody knows how to find you, but go ahead and give the plug website such. Uh, yeah. So if you want to find us, the best way is gymlaunch.com. We're actually going through an, uh, an overhaul of that. But if you want to learn more about like what we can do, you can follow me on Instagram at Kale Owen. Um, we got TikTok at Kale Owen. Um, Facebook, reach out to me. Um, and then also if you want to learn more, like we have offers and all this stuff, I would just search us online. Like you can find us. We're pretty everywhere. Do a search. We're going to find you. Our advertising is there. So you'll just start seeing our ads everywhere. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is, uh, I don't know how long ago, but I started seeing Kale Owen and it was a sponsored ad. I mean, it was an ad. And then yeah. it was Alex Hermosi stuff. Like, what is going on? I'm like, is this guy stealing Alex's videos and making him for his own thing? It took me a while to put two and two together. Actually, I think our our was, mutual uh, uh, acquaintance, Dominic's like, no, no, no. He's, <laughs> Kale's running the thing. Oh, it was okay. great, though. It was great because I would see comments under there. They're like tagging Alex and being like, this guy's stealing your stuff. And I was, I'm like, this is Jim Launch. Thanks for what I appreciate. <laughs> I mean, I thought that too. I mean, I was like, yes. this is really weird. This oh, one last thing too, for gym owners, if you don't have a copy of this book, the gym launch secrets book, like this is the step-by-step guide to building a massively profitable gym. You can get it for free. Just pay the shipping. You can get it on Amazon, go to Amazon. You can buy it. It's called gym launch secrets. Um, or you can go to alexsbook.com. just alexsbook.com, and you can grab it. Just pay the shipping. We'll get it out to you. Yeah, don't be a sucker like me and go buy it on Amazon. Then realize you could have just <laughs> pay the shipping. And you're uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of made that mistake, and then you know, like, oh well, that was good. <laughs> yeah, Kale, it's been an absolute honor. Absolutely love the story. I think there's so many nuggets in here people can hear and listen to and adhere to and improve their business. So I really appreciate you, man, for coming on. I really appreciate knowing how you protect your time that you took the time to do this. Scott, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening definitely check out Jim Launch. The links will be in the podcast notes, the YouTube notes, Facebook posts, everything. So check it out. Uh, Even no matter what you've heard, go look at it. The content is phenomenal. Thank you for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week.